0: Ed, it's uh, somehow that time of the week already that we're back to talk about more Old Man United games.
1: Yes, it is now 2025 and we've done 4,000 of these <laughs> Old Man United games.
0: I was thinking like it's not even time yet to start thinking, are we nearly there yet? Because we're not nearly there yet. So it's like we just got we're to, still, we're still in the middle of it. And that's it's just about okay with me.
1: Yeah, although developments this week in that... It seems like, at least from the covert briefing from the Premier League, the government is basically close to giving the go-ahead. I have to say the cynical radar is up, that this is a nice feel-good story, um, less about public health and more about people forgetting about the horrendous number of deaths in the UK and talking about the football instead. You know, why not argue about a red card or a referee or something um, other than uh, what's really happening well, in there's, the world. There's the c- um, and then and then the Premier League floating the same trial balloons that they have been for a while now, which is how they're going to execute on and it. And
0: there's the, the cynical take on getting football back as a distraction. And then there's the slightly less cynical take, kind of need football back as a distraction. Cause-
1: well, true as well, yes. And I think both things can yeah. be true. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be... Good for public yeah, experience. absolutely. you know, having football back. I mean, look, there's lots and lots of questions about whether the players would feel safe, uh, how to stop crowds gathering, how to um, how to keep the something like 300 people that need to be at each game just to make it function from players, support staff, coaches, media, press, broadcast and so on, as well as the health workers need to be there for various reasons. And all the testing kits that would need to be administered to the players multiple times a week in
0: order to allow it to yes, happen. Yes, which is okay. Lots okay of Okay in the Bundesliga because... Oh, but sorry, no, you're not allowed to talk about politics when you talk about the lack of testing kits. In the, no, no politics, only clapping. Um, anyway, um, the uh, other thing that I saw that's football-related, nothing to do with coronavirus stuff, uh, a really nice thing where Ralph Hasenhuttle said that... Uh, The one good thing that came out of the uh, 9-0 loss that Southampton suffered was that Fergie had sent him a text and multiple people saying he sent them a text with the cheat codes because they went on an amazing (laughs) run after that. Um, But just absolutely classic Ferg, isn't it? Just um, being nice to managers in difficult times. And I I really liked it because because Hasenhutl isn't a British manager... There's something I liked even more about it. He's just, he's an equal opportunities manager supporter.
1: Yes. I mean, he was volume texting Sam Aldice normally, wasn't he? So don't worry, Big Sam. Don't worry, Big Sam. But uh, yeah, I know nice story that one was. You do wonder how he gets the, the number. What do you, did he call up the Southampton switch desk and go, I'm Fergie? <laughs> give us the number
0: presumably it's not that many steps removed between Fergie someone with that Fergie's got their number and Ralph Hasenhutl's number and a briefing came out that he's in real good spirits and doing well which was just nice to hear um so we await the Manchester United's podcast zoom chat with Alex Ferguson yeah
1: do you, do you <laughs> see Fergie on a zoom chat
0: uh i can and just like you can only see like the top part of his head because he's got the camera in the wrong place and stuff like that it'd be great great um all right so uh we uh if you've not listened to the show before we normally talk about what's happening with united at the moment but at the moment we're doing this thing called game club where you are allowed to talk about game club in fact it's the first rule of great game club where we go through old games and uh discuss them in some detail, we've often done sort of minute-by-minute minute minute things, but we tried to get some analysis in there so it's not just a breakdown of what happens in the game. We, we, uh, what are we talking about this week,
1: Ed? We are talking about the 1968 European Cup final, Manchester United's first European trophy. In fact, I think this is the first final or trophy of any kind we've talked about in Game Club. We've done 10 of these. And they're all uh, rando games, different league games and semi few semifinals, semifinals. and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. Um, interesting games, but um, this was interesting too and I hadn't seen this game for a number of years. I've watched it previously,
0: obviously, uh, because, you know, because you have to. and oh, Because you have to if you're a massive Man United nerd, is that what you're saying, Ned? Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah, used to sleep with a DVD. <laughs> or more like the VHS.
0: V- yeah, I was going to say. The 8mm. Was... <laughs> by the time DVDs were invented, you should have grown out of that, probably, just about. Um, but yeah, the uh, I remember you having the VHS. I'm sure this was one of the many presents that you were given by relatives who were like, oh, it's Ed's birthday or Christmas. He likes Man United. Let's get in Man United stuff. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs>
1: exactly that happened for a good decade, that did.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure many, many of our listeners can relate to that experience. And in the end, it's not so bad because you do like Man United and if they get the right Man United stuff, it turns out nice. And uh, I quite enjoyed going back to this game. Yeah. Mostly, I have to say, the thing I enjoyed about it most by a country mile was the fact that the whole rest of my day, this is what was going on in my head. Oh, I see, that was excellent. Oh, turns out, actually, Ken Stowe is quite a terrible commentator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really bad. <laughs> And at Wembley, later on
1: that glorious day, the cup they wanted was the European Cup. A 100,000 expectant fans packed the stands to see great football. Bobby Charlton and Coluna exchanged Manchester United and Benfica. The moment of truth in the battle for mastery of European soccer had arrived. United. Yeah, uh, it, quite opinionated as well, actually, and, and kind of judgmental and uh, very sneery. Uh, about certain aspects of johnny foreigners game <laughs> yeah
0: oh well he seems to have passed it short again well what does he want to do that for give it a wallop sir <laughs> <laughs> that's the way the brits do it and card you see we won 1967 and 66 world cup and now we're winning this um yeah I, his voice is just beautiful to listen to i really i find it very soothing to listen to Ken Wolf and stone commentary um it's weird how the co-commentator, you mentioned his name, I can't remember what you said it was. Um, he interjects twice a half, maybe, with a sentence that appears to have been cut in at a different time. We watched um the, the version of this that's on footballer, it um has it cuts out every moment of non-action, which I wonder whether it was to fit it onto a VHS. I actually I wonder whether that's why they did that. Um, yeah might might be Wally,
1: Wally Barnes I think was the co-commentator right he, yeah yeah was a footballer and commentated in World Cups alongside alongside Walson Stone um very odd co-coms very I mean maybe we should send Gary Neville a copy of this and say hey copy that <laughs> <laughs> I mean he doesn't
0: sport he speaks what 10
1: times in the whole
0: game if that, if that yeah genuinely if that is I would say it's six maybe it's it's very very rare that he chips in um and he doesn't have to because wolfenstone whose name we've pronounced multiple different ways and will continue to as the ken just call him ken um he k dubs yeah he uh so for those of you who maybe haven't grown up who are maybe not old (laughs) um, and don't know who he is he is the man who said some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It is now. It's four, which was his most glorious moment. Um, and uh, yeah, turns out it was a fluke. An, abs- an yeah. absolute fluke. Well, he got very excited when near the
1: end of the this game in extra time, one random guy ran onto the pitch and invaded a couple of stewards. He's like, oh, He's like, like,
0: I, I know what I say. Oh, there's some people on the pitch. Oh, they shouldn't be. Jolly shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> so <they> obviously <laughs> yeah. had a telling off from last time. All right, so
1: so let's let's rewind back to the beginning. This is uh, Manchester United's obviously first European Cup win, um, but uh, this takes place in a really interesting time because it's four days after they've lost the league title to Manchester City. So they were in the running, leading the first division, managed to lose two of the last three games, and so lost the title by two points to City. And uh, apparently it was a crushing disappointment, uh, well, as it would be. Um, they were champions in 67, but not in 68, which would have been, you know, double glory. But uh, they just missed out on it. In fact, uh, it's, it's, if it says anything about the competitiveness of the, uh, the first division in that year, United and City both lost 10 times each. Well, you see,
0: some of these Continentals don't have the competition they have in British football. So maybe that's why it's more (laughs) difficult for them. Literally. almost verbatim. that was an exact quote. (laughs) Um, All right, so I didn't recognise many names from the Benfica team. Um, And actually, there's definitely names in the United team that I would have heard at some point, but had kind of forgotten about. Um, John Aston, who is man of the match in this game, playing on the left wing. Um, is someone whose name I did not remember at all, and the fact that, like you, you mentioned before we started recording, he's at Luton Town within eighteen months <coughs> of this game being played is, is possibly why he's not massively remembered. But he, he plays a blinder in this game, and his dad, his dad was in the coaching stuff. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so it's it's basically
1: a four three three sort of, um, with uh, Brennan and Dan the Irish fullbacks and Bill Fuchs and
0: Sadler at the back, sort of, although Sadler basically plays him in field. Yeah, he's not, he just doesn't play in defence. It shows on the graphics that he's playing in in defence because they're sort of assuming that he's going to go and help Fuchs deal with the threat provided by Torres, the the big lad who gets a a lot of build-up um and eventually does actually finally get a knockdown to Eusebio for Benfica's but that goal was about it yeah he's, he's yeah. a
1: rubbish big lad <laughs> uh, he's
0: not particularly well, he's a he rubbish big really lad
1: have... in a team that doesn't pass the ball more than five yards very <laughs> yeah. um, very slowly
0: but yes yeah, Adler's playing beyond box to box I mean he's in he's playing center forward at some points and he wears the number 10 shirt um so, yeah, they, we really play with three at the back, one centre-back and, and two full-backs, really. Yeah, basically, and the, the full-backs are not static
1: by any means. And there's Styles and Charlton, I guess Sadler, um, through the middle, Ashton and, and Best out wide, although Best roams a lot, um, and Brian Kidd through the middle because uh, Dennis Lord had a knee operation a few days beforehand and, and managed to watch the game from the hospital.
0: Paddy Crerand, of course. Paddy Crerand, uh, of in, course, in, in midfield, midfield as, well. as well. Yes, very, very, quite ponderous Crerand, but yeah. You know. hey, good on the
1: ball, good though. Good on the ball, and he is be- good on the
0: ball. Beloved by Ken Wolfenstein. Did you notice that? Really, yes. like, fully, he loves Pat Crerand. Um, yes, and could, could
1: have what done an emotional... co-coms uh, as well.
0: <laughs> what an emotional day it must be for him. His former team winning last year, and now his current team winning this year. Um, but yeah, I feel like... I'm sure it was an emotional day for Pat Crerand, but there's probably people in that team for whom it's a more emotional day again, for reasons. For
1: reasons,
0: yeah. That's the other key context of this game, of course, which is that this is the first time, this is 10 years from Munich. So the fact that Matt Busby has got a team to the European Cup final 10 years, which is not a long time, after his whole team's been wiped out, basically, or the vast majority of his team's been wiped out. It's it's an incredible achievement. And, and you know, Charlton just collapses at the end of it, doesn't he? He's just completely emotionally devastated.
1: Well, that's right. And, I mean, Jackie Charlton said uh, famously that uh, the air disaster was when Bobby stopped smiling. He does smile after this game. I mean, he is happy, but he's, he's famously a... Um, not, you know, not a jovial man. Very no. introverted as well. Um, but yes, it all comes out after after United win, uh,
0: and the players looked
1: absolutely knackered. Not the levels of fitness they might seem today,
0: but they also do put in a mega shift, don't they? Just don't stop until right in the end of the second half of extra time. Really, so United get to the final by beating Hibernians in the first leg. That doesn't look like it's Hibs. No, no, it's from um, Malta. Ah, yeah, the Maltese hibanians Oh, yes, the top top quality opposition from the Continentals. Uh, then Sarajevo. Um, do they still exist? Football club Sarajevo. Yeah, apparently they do. Um, and uh, Gornik Zabrze. Gornik Zabrze, as you can hear, and not a club that I'm particularly familiar from with. Poland. And then the uh, uh, Real Madrid. So, yeah, uh, substantially more difficult opponents right at the depth uh, there. And, in fact, Benfica's route is similarly non-taxing. Glentoran, um, and Sant'Etienne, Vassas. When I say non-taxing, they might have been really difficult teams to beat at the time. Um, and then they, they played Juventus. But just not like a, a litany of very famous European clubs defeated on the way to this final. Um, but... yeah. Tricky, tricky. That's like the draw uh,
1: Manchester City gets most years, doesn't it?
0: Does it? They haven't haven't they had really difficult draws? Isn't no. isn't the whole thing that they've had spectacularly unfairly <laughs> difficult draws from? The Not game? In the FA
1: Cup though. They're playing Hibernians of Malta every week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, when the game kicks off, I'd say United are on top early by. A considerable margin and, sure, and yeah. really they are they're kind of on top for most of the game aren't they they're, they look the better side Spe- especially the first way. half first hour first hour yeah i mean
1: they're, they're the more dynamic side throughout so very you yeah, know obviously deep contrast in styles uh united are definitely not a long ball side but they're they mix it up uh they're pre- prepared to play on the break or play reasonably direct or at least quickly into the wings especially into the wings um and they move the ball a lot quicker benfica very very slow um in their build up short passes bore attention uh, but pretty static i would say i mean uh, watson home is is extremely dismissive of this throughout um and uh, Chumley warner in the cocoms um bordering on the jingoistic with his few comments about it uh, but uh, yeah, the, but they the, just don't do much, do they, Benfica? Until until like the last twenty minutes of the game,
0: and their their one shining moment early on is just Eusebio with an incredible shot after a brilliant dribble out of nothing, and he looks an absolute cut above. Um, there's Wilson home. Well, he's a man who, who
1: scored like seven hundred and fifty goals in about them as many games. Yeah, I guess so.
0: maybe some people don't really know who is. I'm sure most people listening know exactly who Eusebio is, but he was the top scorer at the 1966 World Cup Finals, um, uh, uh, an absolutely superb Mozambique-born um, striker with a kind of fascinating story, who became an absolute icon um, of Portuguese football. And the, the other player that I was really impressed with um, was Coluna, uh, who played in the centre of the park. He was their captain.
1: Yes, who every time he got the ball was, uh, was praised for still moving. Uh, as if he was like 50-something. He's only 32 in this game, but apparently that is well over the hill for footballers in 1968. He played
0: a lot of games, to be fair, and he was captain of Portugal for a long time, another Mozambique-born player and someone I'd never heard of. I mean, I, I, I must have heard of him, but I, you know there was no Wikipedia to look him up when I was watching this game as a kid, but it was, it was really interesting to read a little bit about him.
1: Great great story, of Eusebio, And I was um, reading up on him, for this podcast, uh, he he joined Benfica, but uh, Sporting had ties to his original club and thought they were going to get him. And uh, and so angered were they, and so angered were their fans that Benfica had to hide him away in a random village for two weeks to make sure he was safe. <laughs> wow.
0: Um, That's pretty intense, isn't it? I mean, you could see why there's a lovely quote from Ken Wolframstone where he says, A lady came up to me and said that she was, she was looking forward to seeing Eusebio play and very sad he wasn't a Manchester United player. Um, so, yeah, he was very popular. And he does get thoroughly booed at one point after being flattered by Nobby Styles. And Styles is like, oh, I never touched him, ref. He keeps falling over for no reason. Apart from me kicking him in the shins, you know.
1: Yeah, so there's some choice tackles in this. Best gets it as yeah, well. very much so. Uh, Best, who uh, had his socks rolled down and... No shin pads. Well you on, see if these if these
0: players will play with no shin pads, they'll get a whack on the shins. Um the key <laughs> matchup in the game, tactically, is just the absolute mismatch between John Aston on United's left and Adolfo, the right back, who gets skinned. Like, honestly, if they were memes from this game, they would all just be about oh, like who does who does Adolfo see in his nightmares, John Aston? Like, oh, he's not only been sent out to the shops, he's been sent out, called back, sent out again. Just every time Aston that, gets the ball, right. he knocks it past Adolfo and has a running race with him. And at no point does anyone think on the Benfica side, perhaps we should double up on this lad. Cause...
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it takes a while before sort of Torres and Gresser are, are trying to come back and help him out, doesn't it? But yeah, it absolutely murders him. I mean, you'd sub him at half time if they had subs in those days, which they did not, except for a single substitute goalkeeper. Um but yes, he he gets completely obliterated. And one of the really strange things about this is Aston's performance is is, is outstanding and he's the kind of standout player, even if Best and Charlton and Kid score the goals. Um but within eighteen months his career's in the toilet. He broke his leg at the beginning of the next season and basically never recovered from it. But he looks a a really brilliant player and it's it's kind of fascinating that I mean, I guess in modern medicine maybe that wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, because you can imagine you reset his leg. I mean, he was he his end product was pretty good. Like he was consistently delivering I think it's is it his cross to Charlton for the first guy? It might not be actually, but um oh it's Sadler, I think wilson Holmes says uh dinks the ball in. Um but but he's consistently like putting in decent balls. He's not just speed, but if you took speed away from him then and those fullbacks that catch him up would then merger his legs time after time. You can see why a leg break would be a, a career ender for a, a player like that. And that's it's a really sad story. And I'm sure that football is absolutely littered. I mean, it still is. We know it still is. But it must even be more littered with players that could have been, you know, something quite remarkable. But
1: That's right. And on the other side of the pitch, Best, I um, mean, he's in the action early. His first two... Uh, pieces of action he tries to dribble around six players loses the ball and then like really clumsily misplaces a pass and in fact I mean it takes him a while to get into this game a a lot of very very one-eyed selfish play when instead of like passing after he's beaten the third man
0: he tries to beat the fourth man he has a stinker in this game (laughs) it's remembered because he took takes the ball past the keeper for United's third, is it? that It's not the one that puts us them ahead. Maybe it is. I can't remember. We'll get there. Um, yes, you no. Know, he scores two minutes into extra Yeah, time. so that is the one that puts... So it's a massively yeah. important goal. Yeah. And he does take it pretty well. But, you know, uh, it's really notable that the crowd is like... Gets very, very good in the second half. But in the first half, the crowd's quite sort of nervy sounding. The first big roar is when George Best gets the ball for the first time. So it's very clear this United these United fans really are turning up week in, week out to watch Georgie.
1: But if... Well, the 20, 28 goals in, in that club well, season. Not, so. I wonder how
0: many shots that came from because, oh my God, he is... you saying he's got low exchange? <laughs> possibly not. But the level of selfishness, the one, I think it's in the second half, I think it's at one all, where Crerand is like tearing past him on the right... And he just runs into trouble when he's got a ball left and a ball right. If he was nowadays, he would have been hammered for decision making. I mean, I know he's he's absolutely beloved of players of a certain age, and you can see why, because he he is a sort of electrically exciting player to watch. Um, but at least as frustrating as he is exciting in this particular game. He is. Um, but look,
1: in that first half, he's he's a factor. I mean, it's definitely Aston, who's the the real factor, fullback. I mean Tony Dunn supporting him from left back. Charlton, the uh, the metronome in midfield, isn't he? It's you know he just controls that midfield. Um and and Fuchs trying to cope with Eusebio, who's you know as you said a cut above anyone else in that Benfica side and just looks dangerous every time he gets it. I mean especially from free kicks where he's having shots yeah. all the time.
0: Yeah. It gets really tetchy really early, this game. There's a lot of, like, a lot of handbags. And at one point, like, there's a pretty mild foul on George Best and he refuses to shake the hand of the player who comes over to him. And um, there's really no sportsman. I mean, it's very remembered for one moment of real sportsmanship this game. Um, But that is the exception rather than the rule of the tone in which the game's played. It is quite fighty. Um, there's, there's a lot of melees and scrums, uh, happening. Um,
1: quite a few. Um, and well, I mean, it's, there's no goals after, during the first half, but perhaps the closest. Sadler miss is really close from, from inches. I mean, he just dives at it. doesn't quite get it. It's sort of Gascoigne in 96-esque, isn't it? Um, and Eusebio hits the bar uh with uh, a shot uh, which Stepney is nowhere near I'm a bit lazy to be honest so he could at least go for it
0: I think he was probably just surprised like cuz that I'd say that's like the highest quality piece of play in the entire game apart from maybe um Charlton's uh the header that he scores the first goal with that's really really exceptional but like I'd say that that Eusebio shot does look like it would that looks not at all out of place in a modern game which a lot of this game would look pretty basic in a modern yeah. context 50 years yeah ago. yeah exactly yeah um best absolutely buzzing after uh, after so half time comes sadla's a one on one by the way a really bad miss with from a one on one as well um and then after half time united just are out of the blocks flying out of the traps all over benfica they they win the ball back quickly every time they lose it, and almost every attack looks sort of threatening. Um, and Charlton scores a really nice goal with a with a lovely ball from Sadler, who has a good game generally. I think Sadler did.
1: That's right, and it's a, it's a classic Bobby Charlton moment. You think of glancing header, nine foot in the air, brilliant leap. I mean, the, the man is is thirty during this game, but looks eighty. I mean, he, he hasn't... He has, I was going to say he hasn't aged a day since then. He hasn't... He, he wasn't any younger then than he is now. <laughs> He's exactly the same. He's
0: definitely exactly the same. Maybe three strands of hair going over his it, head. He then. definitely looked identical then to when we were first aware of him, like when he was in Bobby Charlton soccer school ads. That's the same person, basically. He's started to age a little bit in the last 20 years, possibly. But, uh, but yeah, um, it comes from the left where... Just Benfica is just in all sorts of bother on their right. I mean, Adolfo is probably just in the corner crying when there's another player for him to deal with on top of uh, Aston and, and Sadler Dinks in the ball. And it is, a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful header and then best scores and goes absolutely mad, but he's offside. Uh, and then i as you I've would. just written a note that just says, mad selfish from Georgie. So just a few moments after that. Maybe he's just <laughs> upset that um, that he was offside for that goal. And so he's like, really trying too hard to make up for it. But
1: there are so many moments like that. There's one in the second half. I mean, it's in extra time when uh, he's in a good position, shoots. And there's, there's sort of three players in the United box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I think it sadly just f- kind of falls on the floor, like throws his hand around, does a, does a bit of a Cristiano and like chucks his arms up in the air uh, as best, like dribbles past two and then shoots from an impossible angle. when there's good players in good position. Yeah, that
0: bit of skill is absolutely amazing. By the way, like I'm I'm not surprised he shot after that because it would have felt so good. And Paul comes out to kid and a pretty pretty good save um, made slightly scuffed finish from kiddo but a a good a good save um then united fans are one nil up putting a european cup final chanting attack 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 (laughs) it's like louis no wonder louis van Gaal was getting it at nil nil against crystal palace you know
1: yes and watson home is not happy about this one suggests that matt busby may know
0: what he's doing (laughs) these plebeians should keep their opinions to themselves He is then later very yeah. full of praise for the crowd. He's very excited every time the crowd sing a song, he refers to it.
1: Yes, uh, bringing out the whole playbook, uh, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's a great United crowd, uh, the, especially in the second half. The atmosphere is really rocking. And um, I have to say, I, I watched this it's in black and white. Um, but then I went and watched a Pathé News reel on this one as well, which is in beautiful colour with different angles, very different angles, which is really nice, and you get a real sense of the crowd as well. So, you know, in black and white, it's, it's hard to kind of... Although the golds look beautiful, it, the crowd doesn't really come alive, um, and it does in the old Pathé reels, uh, which is great. Because it's
0: just you know. red everywhere, presumably. It's, just...
1: it's red everywhere and the bouncing
0: up and down. and yeah. Fantastic. Um, so... Then finally, a knockdown from the big lad finally works. And uh, they, they dink one up to Torres, which.
1: Basic football, this is. They, they finally ditched that Johnny foreigner football and thought, we're going to launch well, this
0: it. What's they, they, at home says right at the beginning of the game? Um, they'll be looking to for Torres to knock the ball down for Eusebio. And he finally does it, and it comes out. to... Is it Grasser that scores the goal? I can't yeah.
1: Grasser scores the goal. Um, yeah, but
0: yeah, it's, it's a decent bit of play. Not, not, much United could have done about it. And it's, it's not exactly against the run of play, but it's definitely Benfica would definitely count themselves lucky to be one all at, at, at full time. Um, I don't know what the XG would be, but United, it's United's game. Quite a lot to yeah. United, I'd say. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, really on top. Lot most of the possession. Probably, although that, I mean, it's just such a contrast in styles with Benfica, as slow as you can possibly get. I mean, if you hated Louis van Gaal, you'd hate this Benfica side.
0: (laughs) We hope you're enjoying the No Question About That podcast. We are open for sponsorship, so if uh, you run the kind of business that would be interested in uh, sponsoring our show, just drop us an email at nqatpod at gmail.com. The... um. It nearly, though, goes completely the other way. You talk about XG, a fairly high XG chance, I'm sure, from Eusebio. And this is one of the most famous moments, I guess, of minutes before the end. So, Eusebio, one on one, brilliant chance, had been the the best player on Benfica's side by a mile, absolutely scuffs it. Terrible finish straight at Stepney. Like, Matt, but Stepney says it, it came straight at me. And Matt Busby said afterwards it was a fantastic save. I read a thing saying, um, that like he humbly said it came straight at him. Just watch that game. He wasn't beat. Yeah, yeah. It was just literally it a move. terrible shot. And then uh, Eusebio kind of makes a big show of applauding. Oh, wonderful save, wonderful save. And everyone's going, oh, this is great sportsmanship. No, he just he's trying to make everyone think it was a good save and he didn't blow the chance.
1: Stepney was a wonder goalkeeper to stop that rocket from the big cannon boot of Eusebio and the great Portuguese star sportingly acknowledged it. But that wasn't it. Ninety minutes up and still deadlock. The teams were weary, but the fans went with an extra thirty minutes of play ahead. bunts, bruises, and tired muscles ached like they'd never ached before. But a wet sponge and a magic massage worked miracles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I suppose if he, you know, a different reaction could have been looking at the turf, you know, for the divot, the bobble. Uh, but yes, he's. Yeah, he's blowing smoke up our asses for that one. Yeah. Straight am. Sweet, though. But, but you Sweet know, though. two saves really right at the end that Stephanie has to make. Um, and Benfica wouldn't have deserved the win, but they create those two chances right at the end. Uh, but instead, it's it's into extra time. Nerves for who's two minutes.
0: Fi- who's, whose fitness will hold up the longest? Manchester United's most assuredly. Oh, there's one moment where the co-commentator, by the way, calls Benfica Portugal. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, the thing about Portugal is like, that's that, that's not they're not playing against Portugal anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, Stepney launches it from uh, ha- the, with the ball in his hands. Very nice flick on from I think Sadler. It's kid, um, I, think. I think. Is it kid. right? Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. I just it's someone with two numbers on their back. Yeah. That was that was what I saw. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Georgie absolutely skins the keeper. One, there's one little moment there. It looks like he slightly overhits it, but. Balls are heavier in those days, so it just stops and he does well.
1: It, interesting in the build up to that. So, first, Stepney rolls it out to Brennan, who just rolls it straight back to him. Then he rolls it out to Dunn, who rolls it straight back to him. Obviously, shattered. They're like, we don't want the ball. So then he launches it. It's just a big punt up field. Uh, yeah, and a brilliant finish by uh, Best, who afterwards said, What I really wanted to do. A very famous quote from Best was, was take it around the keeper, stop it on the line and head it in, but uh, I had second thoughts as so they were coming at me too fast
0: yeah, and honestly, the way he played this game, I'm not surprised that's what was popping into his head because um yeah, but no lovely and and he had worked really hard. whether he had worked really hard in the service of the team is another question, but I think Bobby Charlton would say that that wasn't necessarily Georgie's way. Um, and they put up with him because he was absolutely brilliant, and he was for the time absolutely brilliant. I mean he this is not his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but he tries things and does things that nobody else tries or does in this
1: correct, right, yeah, yeah, and then two minutes later, game's dead, basically, and
0: hey guess um guess guess how Aston wins the corner. He absolutely skins Adolfo, ladies and gentlemen. Poor old Adolfo. I wanted to have
1: a second look at that corner, though, because I'm not sure it didn't come off Aston's shins.
0: Possibly. Possibly. Um, But, yeah, Adolfo looked exhausted seven minutes into this game. In the 99th minute or whatever, he's really wiped out. And Aston just knocks the ball past him, runs past it, round him on the outside, and then gets the corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing about Aston, I mean, he is brilliant in this game, but it is... It's pretty basic, right? There's, yeah, his one mind. trick is go wide and, and go fast, Um
0: but it works. He's very successful. It's mad how often it works. You think at some point, isn't? Aren't they like? Shouldn't Adolfo just like just play a deeper line, mate? Because this high line business is—it's like John Terry playing a high line under A W B. It's—it's not a good look. <laughs> uh, um. I can't see who takes the corner. Presumably, it's Bobby Charlton that takes the corner. Yeah, it's,
1: it's really hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of the camera, the single camera setup, except for their one roving camera or whatever home calls it, uh, which occasionally shows a sort of semi-slow-mo replay, which is slight, slightly awkwardly cut to. But yeah, basically, one fixed camera doesn't doesn't peer into the darkness of the
0: corner very well. Um, and Wolfsonheim doesn't think to mention who either. Put the ball in, or heads the ball towards goal um, for for kid to latch onto. So I think it's Sadler that has the header. Right, that, um, might that, be. I slowed that, it down a few times. Couldn't work it out. Yeah, then Kid heads the ball, bounces back out to him, and he heads it in. And uh, it's his nineteenth birthday. Brian, kids' nineteenth. a pretty good nineteenth birthday scoring a U- European Cup final in the good. crowd. The crowd shortly afterwards sing sing an authentic happy birthday start to finish happy birthday to Brian <laughs> happy yeah. birthday dear Brian the
1: splitter still at City isn't he as a coach, Oof. what went wrong? As the bellboy famously said to George Best when he was uh, when when was that? It was after it was uh, he was caught with oh it was he he was in Vegas wasn't it in his later career and uh, he was caught in Vegas with piles of money that he'd won at the tables. In a hotel bed with one of the Miss Worlds or Universes, um, and uh, the bellboy said to him, "George, where did it all go wrong for you?" Yeah.
0: Um, the uh, there's another goal. Oh, uh, Best puts in the tackle in the box late on, like kind of kind of amazing. Uh, and then United. Uh, Wolf of Home says the United fans are out singing and out shouting the England fans from the World Cup final um yeah two right two right they were united bigger than england always yeah absolutely even in the in the mid 60s and late 60s um the uh there is when the reds go marching in gets sung and wolf, wolf also says all the english clubs sing this song when the reds go marching in it's like he's really entertained by the the crowd singing there's another one that he refers to as well um it's, it's all very jolly and uh, and United fans at this point know the game's won really, and they're just they're just having a sing song and a celebrate. They are, but there's another goal to come, and pre- yeah. maybe even the best of the night um, for
1: just a, a stunning finish from Charlton from an angle. Just kind of I don't know how to describe the finish. Really, he gets a tremendous whip on the ball as he's trying to finish it, and gets a really good angle for the finish high into the net. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's really nice. Again, classic Bobby Charlton moment.
0: Yes, not unlike the Rooney goal um, where, that we talked about in his debut where he cuts it back across himself, except it's a sort of cleaner strike, isn't yeah, it? Much much it? A strike, yeah, much cleaner strike, yeah. But, but yeah, fantastic. And a lovely ball from Brian Kidd, I think. Yeah. That provides, getting get an assist as well as a goal on his birthday. And then uh,
1: Walsham Home has uh, one final moment of magic where he says, uh, the referee Concerto should be called Concerto because... Uh, we'd like him to blow the that blow. whistle. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. Honestly, he seems like a, 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 a jingoistic but decent chap. Ken. NW. Well, you know, for um, for most
1: football coverage, that was the general tone. It's only really in the last sort of ten years that it's it takes a more neutral stance for Champions League coverage. You know, so
0: well, yeah, we saw that ninety-one cup final, and they were they were just openly supporting United. I would say in this game. They, if anything, they slightly less openly support United. I mean, they they are, but not not quite to the same extreme. Um, and then the the second half, really, in the, the, he says, Benfica will be looking to put on an exhibition here, knowing they're beaten, and uh, and they sort of try uh, a few bits and pieces. Eusebio has another crack, um, but the the game sort of peters out, and um, and United are European champions really just an incredible achievement just an absolutely you know mind-boggling level of achievement the fact that matt busby built the team that he built originally that was maybe not going to be european champions but you know could well have been they were certainly all conquering here um to to build another side of that quality and then uh, i i guess this is this is well i don't guess this is where it peaks isn't it that's starts to kind of begin the slide from this point. And and
1: very quickly, yeah. So within, within what, three years, Busby is out and uh, McGuinness is in, disastrously, uh, of course. Um, But yeah, Charlson's on the slide from this moment. Um, Many many of the players from this team leave and they're off. Um, I mean, obviously, Law's back into the team, but He's he reached his peak by the early seventies as well. So, um, yes, yeah, the final sort of almost a bookend on Busby's you know, fantastic career as the United manager.
0: Yeah, and you know the the man who built the modern club. You know, the, the, there's a reason that there's two statues at Old Trafford of managers. Um the best Lauren Charlton one is really interesting in historic. We sort of take it for granted that that's that it's right and proper that that's, that statue should be there and I'm certainly not saying it's not but um it's kind of interesting isn't it when you now look at the whole history of United, they're obviously like incredibly important players um but actually the modern history of the of United has even superseded some of their achievements and and none of that's been yet put into bronze outside and it's going to be really interesting is there going to be a, a neville skulls and gigs statue and then when there's a statue made everyone else sort of slightly gets written out of existence nobby Stiles is written out of existence because that statue exists and john Aston certainly is like you know um it, it's an interesting thing isn't it because uh, really they apart from i mean law ha- they, they were all incredibly impactful in united's first kind of televised great era or recorded great era um but yeah uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that
1: yeah well we'll, we'll see yeah uh, never might have to make friends with the club again after sticking a hotel in the car park much against the club's uh wishes <laughs> so yeah, i mean if bu- you're not
0: going won... to give us a statue we're going to literally put this hotel in the forecourt yeah, so
1: you have to look at it all the time um buzz we won five first division titles I mean it probably would have been many more of course so three of those came before the the Munich air disaster and then 65 and 67 uh there were other titles won the FA Cup in 63 which we may look back on at one stage and in 48 before the sort of babes era um and you just wonder what he might have built so reached the semi-finals of the European Cup with the babes side never got to see uh, the um that team come to fruition and took and took an awful lot of rebuilding to to get back to united of the early or the mid to
0: late 60s it's just a, like the i know i talked about this the other day when we talked about the busby documentary the other day it was months ago but yeah you know, it all blends into one nowadays um but just the the human achievement I like it, it just beggars belief the capacity to come back from a trauma like that and probably never do any kind of meaningful emotional processing other than just existing, you know, and other than the odd moment or whatever. Certainly never really being able to reckon with it, with the kind of insight that you could potentially have access to now. You know, culturally speaking, it would be very unlikely that he would have talked about his feelings in a meaningful way just put the pieces back together forced the pieces back together somehow managed with force of will to to do it it's it's unbelievable and no wonder they all collapsed in a heap after they won the European Cup you know it's pretty massive
1: well that's right yeah and and I'm sure um you know football is a team sport and players are um, it's their second family. I, I mean, it's been interesting listening to some of the reaction from, from players during this break because a lot of them are having sort of emotional responses which are, I'm not with my family. Um, and and it's definitely true of players who uh, are from overseas and perhaps don't have their family with them, um, but, you know, also of local. Um, and, and Charlton lost eight of his, so... Um, you know, and he was never the same again, apparently.
0: No. I mean, you can see it, can't you? But they did this thing together, Busby and Charlton, and, you know, lots of other people too, but they did this thing together to honour the people that, had, to honour the people that had gone in the most sort of spectacular way. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it he, is. He, the, like, Charlton was brilliant in the final too. Like, no... I mean, I guess probably useful that he's like, oh, two years ago, I literally won the World Cup here. <laughs> Him and Styles in the centre of the park, just being like, yeah, oh, this is sold old hat. We've, you know, we're just, just a few, a few short shakes removed from uh, winning the World Cup together here. So sticking know, it to the
1: Continentals, as uh, Wally Barnes <laughs> <Quite>. calls them, hopefully <laughs> he's called them Portugal.
0: <laughs> yes. So uh, very enjoyable to lo- look back on football in black and white. Um We'll do something more futuristic next, shall we, Ed? Uh, we shall. What shall we do? Sorry, Tom. Damn it. This is the first time for ages we've had a sorry, Tom. Been on such a good run. I have no idea what we're going to do. Right, so 43 minutes. Big final. A, a, a big sorry. What, sorry? <coughs> oh, you said we'd not done a final. We literally did the cup Winners' Cup final. We did, yeah. I'll just remember <coughs> that. Uh, all right, what are we going to do Next.
1: Um, Could do the 2008 final. Moscow. Uh,
0: yeah. The rain. Should we, should, we should spread out the European Cup finals. Oh, maybe say. we
1: should, yeah. We could do um, all the good games. We could you do want to the. do the
0: 77 FA Cup final. Oh, yeah, why not? Against the Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's sort of contextually interesting. It's very, it's nine years later after this game. It's so, so anyway. Okay. So next up, we're going to do the 1970, we're going to stick with olden days and uh year I was born, the 1977 FA Cup final. <laughs> so old. So yeah. old. Oh, sorry, Ed, what year were you born? Was he in colour then? <laughs> yeah, w- were we born in colour? That's the question. Um... So, ninety-seven FA Cup final. Be interesting because that's literally only nine years after this game, but a world apart in terms of everything that's happened at United.
1: Yeah, um, in nine years, uh, the club has gone from uh, champions, European champions, to that team falling apart, a failure of a manager, two two failures of managers, uh, relegation, relegation, and sort of
0: rebirth. I suppose at least these days we haven't been relegated it's no, yes. quite. Um, we've all kind of effectively just been relegated from the Champions League to the Europa League. That's that's the kind of contemporary. But it's the worst kind of really here. it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. I'd rather play in the Championship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be fun. Be fun to do that. Um, I've never seen that game in full. I don't think, unless you had it on VHS. Did you have that on VHS? I don't. Did you? I don't. Don't remember. So I've seen familiar the, goals. With the goals. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that might be all I've seen. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, all right, so uh, patron backers, stay tuned because what we're going to do now is we're going to go through um, the uh, the side and sort of see the 1968 European Cup winning side and sort of see where their journey took them uh, after for the yeah. yeah after after that game. So everyone else, we'll see you on Monday. Um, and in the meantime, in the meantime, take really good care of yourselves. See you then. Bye now.